All right, we're back, and today's episode again is brought to you by Manscaped. The Beard Hedger Pro Kit is the ultimate tool to get the perfect look. Seven million men already trust Manscaped with everything below the waist. It's time to trust the hair up top with them too. Cap off the kit with a beard balm, a pomade that shapes, styles, moisturizes, and tames for a sculpted look. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code WITHCG, W-I-T-H-C-G at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code with CG. Spice up this year with the Manscaped Beard Hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 links. On to the episode, baby. Let's go. But love me tonight. Speak all your mind. We're back on the podcast, and I've been fired up to have this gentleman on the airways with me today. You may know him from his appearance on season two of Netflix's hit reality show called Love is Blind. But most importantly, he has transitioned into a podcaster with his own show called Conversations with Nick Thompson, where he covers mental health and other relatable topics. Nick Thompson. Nick, welcome onto the podcast. Thanks for having me on. How you doing? Doing well, man. Doing well. I'm so stoked to have you on. How you doing? How's, uh, how's things in Chicago? I'm doing all right. Um, things in Chicago, we're hopefully closing out winter pretty soon here. Um, it's, uh, we've had a couple nice days that are teasing us springs on its way, but by and large, it's always reverting back to winter, at least for the next few weeks, but it's all right. Yeah. It's time for some sunshine. I think we talked about that. Maybe get you up to Cali, have a little fun. Yeah. I got to get out of here soon because there's not any spring in sight according to the weather. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, Hey, I wanted to get right into it and, uh, man, there's a lot to talk about. I've been very excited to touch on some things with you and to touch on relatable things that other people are going through. Uh, the first thing is this, you know, we're going to get into love is blind. I think a lot of people have seen the show and they're curious to know your experience with it. But right now I want to talk about, you know, what you're doing today. And that's with your podcast, you know, you're covering mental health, self care, and all other things. I'd love to learn more about, you know, why you got into it and what you're doing. Absolutely. Um, that's a, a great question. Um, I, to turn back the turn back time, which that share song has been stuck in my head for a week. So if we could turn <laughs> back time, um, you know, growing up, I have had, I, I grew up Catholic. I grew up in a divorced family. I had all these weird feelings from like five or six years old that I had no idea what they were. They were, um, you know, loneliness. They were, um, I felt secluded often. I didn't really feel connected to people. I sure as heck wasn't connected to myself. And when you're that young, you know, that's a hard thing to do anyway. As I grew up, I learned about mental health in high school for the first time. And I realized, you know, throughout that journey in those couple of years that I believed that I suffered from depression. And it's not something I ever really talked about. 
Um, in fact, as I got older into my twenties, I would hide it. And what I mean by hiding it. And I think, you know, if you've done this, you'll, you know what I mean, but if you haven't, um, when you're feeling extra depressive, when you're feeling sad, or you have a day when you don't want to get out of bed or some days when you can't get out of bed or when completing the most mindless task seems like it's the greatest feat in the world, then I would just withdraw. I wouldn't see or talk to people. I would sit in it. I would be unhappy. I would be lost. I'd be lonely. All those feelings that I had growing up, but now as an adult. And with that comes the pressures of having and holding down a job and the pressures of um, society to be a certain way and do a certain thing. So for me, I got to the point, um, and I think it was 2016 where I needed to see someone and talk to someone because I was just not in a good space. I was, um, not where I wanted to be in my career, partially my own, um, you know, drive. I always push myself to do a lot at once, which contributes to it. Um, you know, I, I just felt like my life wasn't where, where I wanted to be. And I decided to seek out a therapist. I was going through some relationship woes at the time, but at the core, what was going on is I was not in touch with myself and I was not being fair to myself. And so, you know, a few, maybe six months, um, you know, after I started, I was more or less, I hate to say like diagnosed, but started honing in on the fact that like I suffered from depression, like, and sometimes it could be very major. So once that was kind of like called out and I told, um, the first person I ever told that I suffered from that and that that was, you know, in a lot of ways that was causing issues in friendships. It was causing issues in relationships because people think I'm blowing them off, but really I felt like I was going to put my sadness on other people and I didn't want to do that. And so I would withdraw. So basically what ended up happening for me was through therapy, I realized the things that I need to do to feel good about myself. And I think that's a huge thing that people are not in touch with and struggle to, to make that connection with themselves because I know I did forever and not everyone has the means to go to therapy. And I understand that. In fact, like right now I don't have a job and I don't have insurance cause I was laid off. And so like my therapist is, is being very generous with her time as needed, yeah. um, you know, just to, to keep sort of that structure in place. So when I finally started sharing my struggles in my personal life with people and, um, you know, explaining to them what I just explained to you, the fact that I had all of this shame and the fact that I had all of this guilt about it turned out to be unwarranted because everyone was supportive. Right. Most people didn't know. In fact, like no one knew people were surprised by it. And now it's interesting too, because even on social media, sometimes if I'm struggling and I post something on social media, yeah, people will notice in my eyes, they'll say, I can tell you're feeling it today. I'm sending you love or support or something like that. Wow. And that is my biggest, that was my biggest fear was like, even if I tried to fake it around people that they would see through it and then I would, and then it would be like putting that on them 
bringing down a group, bringing down a friendship, bringing down a relationship. And so that's where I would withdraw. And now that I'm, I've got this um, platform and, you know, all my insecurities in one way, shape or form, my main insecurities all came out on, um, uh, on love is blind, uh, which is sweating. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I have like hyperhidrosis. I sweat a lot. Um, yeah. as soon as it gets humid, 16 humid, I'm, I'm sweating. Um, and, uh, my hairline, those are the things I'm <laughs> insecure about. And so those all became, you know, a thing. And, what that did for me and one of the, the growth opportunities for that was that I can share my journey with people because the vulnerability of doing that builds connection and it builds your confidence because now in social situations, I didn't have to always worry about being on or what other people expected. Right. I could be sad. I could have a hard day and be around people and that's okay. And now I'm doing that with you know hundreds of thousands of people through social media and I think that is, it's been a huge growth area for me to be open about it, to talk about it. Um, I had a very low key new year's Eve, um, this year as mm. I was just not feeling it. There was a lot going on. Right. And all I could think about was how all you're going to see on social media is all everyone's photo dumps from all the great things they were doing. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm, I'm sad that I'm going to have to see all of that. So I bet there's other people that aren't having the, the expensive or expectations of new year's Eve that they expect. And so I like send out a, a video on my story telling everyone, you know, I'm not out there pretending to be a celebrity. I am sitting here and I'm getting through this night. And if I can do it, you can do the same thing and know that it's okay. And so that I never under any circumstances a year ago would have ever said on social media, I probably wouldn't have even said it a couple of years ago to my friends. So that growth has been good for me, but I have unique experiences and I have gone through six plus years of connecting with myself so that I know who I am so that I can act with integrity and that I don't have to worry about, um, ever being myself because I'm comfortable with myself and I know who I am confident in who I am. And, um, you know, that's the most freeing feeling. So if I can share some tips and tricks that I've learned or that I learn as I go along with people, um, to help them get through their day, to help them connect with themselves a little bit better. I'm happy to do that. Um, and, and I think it's just good overall for, um, the normalization of, of talking about it, especially after I spent so much of my life, not talking about it. Right. You, yeah. There's so many people out there that just hide it. Because they don't, they're afraid of like what people will think of them. It's kind of like this, like other, um, it's a, it's not them. It's like a different person, right? Where it's like, yeah. it, it's the most therapeutic thing to be open about things like what you just said, some insecurities that we all have. We're all human. Mm -hmm. We have feelings and emotions. And uh, the last thing we ever want to do is suppress them, you know? And I think a lot of people right. go through that. And I think, yeah, therapy is like the best form of just, cleansing yourself, being at peace, being content, being present, right? With your own self. And, you know, one thing I want to bring up is with therapy and relationships, I feel that intergenerational trauma can really mold us into who we are, right? And uh, like I said, suppressing your feelings, that's the last thing we want to do. So my question is, at what, at what point did your mental health journey switch to more like relationship focused? Sure. That's a good question. Um, you know, I always say to anyone that I, 
um, talk to or, or have a serious conversation is that it always kind of starts with you. And that's what I didn't know. Like I didn't, I meandered in my twenties, had a couple long-term relationships, never really, you know, I mean, wonderful people never really felt they were the one, right. I never really not, some didn't even have issues. Some we had issues of course, but, um, you know, I take pride in the fact that like, I have a, um, you know, no matter how bad it was, I still have a positive relationship with almost every single ex that I've ever had. Like they wouldn't, there's no grudges or anything that I know of, but maybe that'll change now that I said that. But, um, the, (laughs) the reason that these relationships weren't working, the reason that I struggled, I never struggled making friends, but I struggled like getting deeper than surface level at times. Um, again, because I didn't want to get deep. So what I realized when I first started therapy was that I didn't have a good connection with myself. I was, I was mistaking self-care for silly things like go shopping. You've earned it. Go have some drinks with friends, go to a nice dinner, order food. Like I was doing all the wrong things when it came to self-care because I was just trying to get through the day. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And what I realized was that I wasn't like nurturing my soul or filling my glass or however you want to put it. And so once I built that connection with myself, that's when I felt like I was able to, to be more confident to talk about, you know, mental health, to be more confident in a relationship, to say when I was having a hard day. Um, and you know, all of this kind of culminated within, um, you know, going on love is blind was I felt like for the first time I was ready for marriage. Like, and I know it's silly because it's a reality show and everyone knows how that worked out for the most part, but I was so in my feels, like I was feeling good about myself. I had, my career was where I wanted it to be. And in fact, a little further, I had finally honed in and had my, you know, I joke, I say, I have six friends, um, which has grown now through couples and relationships and getting married. But, um, I have six friends and I shed the people that aren't right for me, the people that would take the people that would, um, you know, not accept my, uh, me for who I was. And so once I was able to like, get that point to myself, that's when I was like, okay, now I'm going to start having these healthy relationships. I'm going to be able to set boundaries. I'm going to realize that like my family triggers me. So when I'm there and I'm in a constant state of anxiety, walking on eggshells in some instances, I don't, I don't go around every Sunday anymore. So it's like, you start to learn these things and that's self-care for me because I don't want to spend my Sundays in a state of anxiety. So it's, it's interesting because I, I really do feel like it starts with yourself. It's such a difficult thing to like, you know, hone in on, um, people have a hard time and, it, and it's hard, uh, looking in the mirror. There's still times I have a hard time looking in the mirror and you know, it's, it's a Taylor Swift song. It's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Yeah. Sometimes it's still me, you know, it's sometimes it's, you know, we're all contributing. So right, right. I think, um, yeah, I think it's just for me, it's now that I have that connection and I actually, I've been working on myself really hard cause I lost it for a long time for, awesome. you know, Love it. and so rebuilding it. And that's the, the whole point, because then when you feel good about yourself, you put your authentic self out in the world, you attract people that like you and really like you for you. 100%. Stay yourself. Yeah, man. It can be themselves and you live in harmony. Yeah. And I think that we have so much to offer 
and why why not be the best you can be the best version of you right and i've learned that too and and sometimes we do need a wake-up call to where it's like wow i could really be better in those certain areas you know because i think a lot of it's anxiety you know anxiety can cause any relationship to be fatal um and and in in a relationship it's two people so no one's perfect Mm -hmm. right it's not just one person i think we could be better on both sides you know and i think i've already touched on triggers many of times and um, you know, that, that can be a play where it's like knowing how to handle those situations when we on accidentally yes. step on one. Right. But I think it's like the biggest thing, man, is self-awareness. You know, it's, if we don't feel good and our partner has to take that on, we have to step away and really, you know, work on it and really, you know, protect one another with that. But I've learned that too. And all that hard work really pays off to where if you love yourself so much, you have such a great relationship with yourself it's going to reflect on all the other relationships that you have. I completely agree. And I, I got to ask you, like, what, what is your experience? Like, where have you, um, you know, what was your moment where it started clicking or was it a gradual um, thing? I know, I know for me, it was like clicking. It was gradual, gradual, then clicked. Um, that's a good question. So what, what, you know, at what point did it like wake me up where I'm like, wow, this is, I feel better like, or I have to do the work. Which one are you referring both. to? Both. Let's do both. Wow. Okay. Hey, I like interviews coming back at me. I like that, <laughs> man. Okay. Uh, so no one, no one's away from questions. Hey, me, so. I, I love it. First time I've had this. Um, let's see. So, uh, I went through a breakup recently and that kind of woke me up to figure out like I have to get healthier and I have to improve in certain areas. Why am I feeling the way I feel? Understanding exactly why the deep rooted things in myself that I haven't discovered yet. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a video game, you know, great analogy. You want to be able to unlock new levels in yourself to become the best version of you simply. And what I've learned is one-on-one therapy has helped me so much to understand where my past traumas or anxiety comes from. Why do I feel the way I feel? In those moments when I didn't feel good with my partner, why did I feel that way? And why did I project? Why did I um, cause them to feel my, my pain at times? Because the last thing I ever want to do is have my partner feel what I'm feeling in a negative way. I want to protect my partner. I want to, I want to make sure she's safe. I want to make sure that I'm loving her the right way. And I'll tell you, I'll actually tell you an example. There was plenty of times in my relationship where we stepped on each other's triggers by accident. We do it by accident mm-hmm. at times. The thing everyone's is, everyone's going to. Everyone's, everyone's going, going to do to that, that, right? And for example, I remember one time, and, it, and it's happened in every relationship where we, we, we might have reacted poorly, but no judgment. We're human. We make mistakes. And I just remember like how I, I would feel very uncomfortable when I would step on like my partner's trigger because I'd feel like, oh fuck, like I'm the problem, it's me. When in reality, it's just their past that's coming back up to surface, really. That triggering trauma, traumatic thing that they went through. Now, at that moment, I was worried about how I felt. I was like, ah, I feel uncomfortable, but it's not about me. It's about the person who's triggered. How can I be the best boyfriend to love them the right way and be there for them? So I think in those situations, you have to be able to look at them and say, hey, I love you. If you need time and space to understand how you feel right now and with your trigger, I'll I'll go, I'll go take a walk. I'll go do an errand. I'll go wash the dishes. I'll go do whatever. But I want to make sure that you can understand how you feel. That way we can come back and we can sit and we can talk about it. 
I just want to understand how you feel. I'll listen to you. And if you want me to hold you, I'll hold you too, because I'm a very affectionate guy. I'm f- physical yeah. touch, number one love language for me. So I, I want to do everything uh, I can. I'm, I'm sure that impresses a lot of women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's important to me. Affection is. And I think it's like, it's just understanding your partner and loving them the right way. And there was times where I didn't do that as well as I could have. But I don't dwell on it. You can't dwell on what you could have done better, what if, what this. All you can do is focus on the present. And what's meant to be is meant to be. You can't chase. You can only attract. Mm -hmm. And I want to be able to be the best, a better man, a better son, a better brother. I want to be able to love the right way. And I've come a long way. I've come a long way. I'm trying not to get emotional. But it's it's no, it's okay. You can get emotional. Yeah, no, it's all good. It's and that's healthy. I want to point that out to everyone. Like crying is is healthy. It's cleansing. I've done a lot of crying through therapy. I've it's it's got me to where I am today. Like it's it's the you have to be able to let your guard down, show those feelings and emotions, and just be yourself. Just be yourself and and don't be afraid to be vulnerable. You know. But I think I kind of went. On, that was long, one thing. No, tangent. that's okay. That was one yeah. thing that that was one of my first biggest breakthroughs in therapy was when she said to me, Nick, this is a traumatic event. You're allowed to be sad. Yeah. Like you're allowed to feel the way you're feeling, like Uh stop beating yourself up over it. Just don't stay in it. Right. Let yourself feel it and know that you'll get out. And one thing that I like to say to people now, and I I share this on, um, I think I've shared this on social media, but what I find very useful is thinking of it like peaks and valleys. We all have peaks and valleys. We're all always going to have peaks and valleys. When you're in the valley, set up a campsite, don't buy property. Feel it, be a nomad, move on. Mm -hmm. Wow. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah, man. I think it's just, it's so important to, it's so important to know this too. Like you just said, don't dwell so hard on the things you could have done better at. You want to learn from it. But Nick, you and I can agree right now. We are, we have outgrown that old version of us back in those relationships. We are much healthier today. We've done a lot of work and we're going to continue to. And no matter if you feel good, no matter if you feel shitty, therapy is good. One-on-one therapy is good every single week. Month and year. You can't just stop because you're like, oh, I feel great. I want to do it every, I do it like two to three times a week because I want to be better. And my therapist is like my best friend. You probably could agree too with that, with yours. Oh yeah? my gosh. It, it's so funny. One of the, um, one of my friends that I follow, who's the therapist, she had a funny, um, I think it was a reel. It might've been a post. I don't remember now, but um, a funny one about how like therapy starts and then how it is like a year or two in, and it's just a total yeah. different experience. Yeah, man. Because you get, you start to ner- learn each other. You start to get each other. You, yeah. you know, you are more comfortable sharing things right. that maybe you weren't at first. Right. I had to share something on Tuesday with mine that I was stressed about. Cause I did, you know, I spiraled a little bit last week. I had a rough week and, um, I was, you know, just upset with myself and I didn't want to tell her cause I was kind of embarrassed. And, um, you know, I did and yeah. it was okay. Good. And I felt better after, you know, and I think that's what people can, can do. And it doesn't have to be, um, you know, for specific issues, like get to the systematic side of things, like start to understand that, like you mentioned that generational trauma yeah. that I think 
our generation, like everyone, everyone has it. Yeah. It's just, we're live, we're trying to change the world and have a different, uh, different approach. So you, you got to be in touch with it and know that it's who you are and that's okay. And I love that you said too, that's an old version of you, because I also think it's important to realize that just because you've managed, you learned to manage your triggers better, or you learn what to need, or you put the structure in place to make sure you're always filling your own glass. Like it's, it's all a house of cards. If you don't take right. care of it, yeah. if you don't keep building on it, it's a house of cards. Right. I agree with you, man. And I think with therapy too, I mean, sometimes it takes a minute to find the right therapist. You have to be able to feel connected. It's a safe place. You're not going to be judged. You have to, you have to find the right person that won't, you know, where you just feel comfortable. And, and the most important thing in, with connection and people is being relatable being open, mm-hmm. right? And talking about things that are uncomfortable. Because, hey, it's not easy for everyone. I get it. But everyone's more than capable to get there. Trust me, we've all had to work on that to get there, right? Yeah, I agree. And it it's something that everybody should consider. You could be at your peak in what you look at life's accomplishments as. And guess what? If you decide to do the work on yourself, you will find even higher places you can go. And I think that's important for people who, who don't think they have things to improve on or think they're good or don't think their mental health challenges, right. um, or they have, they don't think they have mental health challenges. It's just not the case. Right. Maybe you need a little less therapy, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I want to touch on, um, just what it takes to have a healthy relationship. Honestly, man, I think that, and I want you to touch on this. Tell me your thoughts on what you think is important. Um, all this type of therapy is great. The inner work is fantastic. I'm all for it. We should do it every single day, right? But I want to point out the key components and what it takes to have a healthier relationship, what is needed. I feel that it's, it's when someone fundamentally gets you, someone who understands you, someone who accepts you, who is kind to you, who can communicate but most importantly, who is committed. I want to hear your thoughts on that. I don't disagree with anything you said. Um, I, I feel there's a lot of other things that you could add in there, but you absolutely want yeah. yeah. one, one thing that I noticed watching my friends in relationships, you know, throughout my, my life and even family and stuff. And people end up in these relationships where they, fundamentally don't like the things that make their partner, their partner. So like, for example, if you have someone in your life, that is a kind of path, kind of passive person, not super ambitious, doesn't really, you know, they're comfortable where they are. And then you have someone who is, who doesn't like that quality, someone who wants constant drive quest for more, get that promotion, get that, you know, whatever that is like, If that person doesn't appreciate that that other person values different things and love that about them, that relationship is not going to be what either of you need. Fundamentally, you have to like the person. You have to like their quirks. You have to like their nuances. And you like them because of their flaws, not in spite of them. Because in spite, you'll start to resent. So it's it's. I think you're spot on. I think that there's a couple other things like that you could add to it. But um, I also think individual values that a person needs for a relationship. So 
one of the things that I learned again in therapy is what do I need in a relationship? And I boil it down to three things. I, I said this a lot. I don't remember if this made it in love is blind, but I I've said this a lot. Um, there's three things that I know I need in a relationship. I've done the work to figure that out. Number one is trust because I have friends, um, that I like to hang out with and do things with that. I don't want necessarily want someone else to be there for, you know, it's like guys night or something like that. Or if they do, you know, not want to go to a football game or a sporting event or something like you need the trust there. You need to trust to know that the, that you're both respecting the relationship, even when you're not together. The other one that I need is, um, stability, which I think is very much, um, you know, in weaved into what you were saying too. Like, again, I need to know it's there and that when someone's hurt or you hurt your partner, um, you know, you're, you're coming, you both know you're coming from a good place and this is stable. It's not going to, to break, blow everything up every time there's a a misstep or you step on a trigger or something. Mm -hmm. So I think like when you figure out what you, oh, and quality time, which is my number one love language. That's the other one I need. Like I need someone that wants to spend time with just me and spend time with others too, of course. So those are the three things that I know I need in a relationship. And I think if more people knew those types of things and had the, the, um, awareness of what they actually need to feel comfortable in a relationship, it would change, um, it would change the way people approach them. I think it would probably end a lot of relationships, but I think it would also yeah. build a lot of more positive relationships. I love that. That's a great points. Great points. I think for me too is, uh, yeah, you said trust that comes with loyalty, right? Mm-hmm. Good communication. Um, but it's like whatever your partner loves or they're passionate about, you kind of want to, you kind of want to get into it. You want to love it too with them and vice versa, right? It's, it's taking on those things that your partner's really, uh, that really, you know, loves about whatever it is, whatever it is, it's, it's accepting them for them really. And I think that's, exactly. that's powerful. Um, Hey man, I want to transition into something and that is men's mental health. And we kind of talked about it off offline. I think it's, it's super important because I think everyone with mental health, every gender, it's important, but I really do feel like men really struggle with this. There's a stigma out there where it's like closely tied to how society perceives masculinity simply. And I really think that like with, with men, it's looked at as you're weak. You know, you can't express your feelings and emotions. Here's what I think. In relationships, if there's a man who can't do that, they're not going to be able to understand their partner well. Actually, it's going to be uncomfortable if, if their female, their girlfriend, wants to express themselves. You know, they're going to tell them you're too sensitive. This is too much. You're too emotional. Yeah. If we, Like I said, if we can get to the point where we can unlock that, be able to express our feelings and emotions, we're going to be able to receive it and understand it too, right? And process processing is so important yeah. for growth. Yeah, 100%. I mean, but yeah, I mean, I know you've been talking about that stuff. How how huge is it for, you know, everyone, people, I mean, the world to be focused on helping men with this type of stuff? Yeah, I I think it's so important and when I think about some of the stuff I said earlier about growing up and not being able to express it and not feeling like I could cry. Um and to this day, I still don't want to cry and horrible things happen in life and you need to cry. So I think it's, it's, there's this, 
weird thing, like you said, and this is, I honestly think a lot of generational trauma stems from, um, you know, this idea that men have to be masculine or be a certain way. And that forced them to internalize feelings of despair, grief, hurt, and act tough. So when you have someone who's internalizing everything and they're doing that for their entire life, and then they have kids and then they do it to their kids. And then they, that is generational trauma. And so what I think is best for us to do as a society is to normalize that men have feelings and that boys have feelings and that they fluctuate just like anybody else's do, because we are, you know, a bottled up ball of organs and chemicals and all sorts of stuff going on in our bodies that, and, and the neuroscience, which I've been really getting into Mm -hmm. on my podcast at times, I've got another great episode on that coming out and what it does to, um, you know, like science is telling us that men are having all sorts of things going on uh, with their mental health. So I like to think back to when I was afraid to talk about it or when I didn't know what it was. And I remind myself because it is hard to be vulnerable, especially on social media. Um, and people can be very cruel. It's important to do it because we're never going to change. We're never going to, to heal all this trauma that comes from generation and the things that happen to us if we don't normalize it. So I have a platform. I want to normalize it. I have experienced the benefits of so much therapy over the last six years. I've experienced the benefits of taking care of myself first, because if you're not taking care of yourself first, no one's putting you first. And then really taking the things that I learn and my moments of vulnerability and putting them out there. So people know that it's okay. Yeah, It's okay to not be okay. Because the more people that do that, and the more people that open up, you're going to find another person who um, you're impacting. And I hear those every day in DMS. I meet people that thank me, um, for vocalizing it or feel seen because people need to feel seen if you're going to ever start the healing process. And that means men too. Right. Seen and understood. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's cool that we could go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I wanted to ask you, so (laughs) when did you start being open and vulnerable about mental health? um, in general, but specifically like your own and, and men's. Um, so through my, throughout my relationships, I think I, I, I did an okay job, but I could have done a lot better. Okay. That's with my relationships. But when I started doing with, are you, are you referring to the podcast? Uh, yeah, the podcast, but okay. just you in general too, kind of having this, uh-huh. like, I'm going to be okay talking about it with friends and family. Yeah. I, I feel like I've done an okay job. Um, throughout my life, I feel that, I'm doing it way better because I've been working hard on myself. This is like, I've been putting in so much time um, helping myself get healthy, right? But I think like nowadays, the last couple of months, I've really locked in to where I'm doing it a lot more with family and friends. I'm doing it with um, all sorts of new people too. Like I go to different facilities and uh, with like cold plunging, yoga, all this other stuff. And these people are, it's cool because we're having these vulnerable conversations and we're open. And I think it's like, the more you practice it, it's like learning an instrument, the better you're going to get. And, um, yeah, I think with the, with the podcast, 
I just want to be an example to where we can do this. You can do yeah. this. The person who's listening right now, it's okay. No one's going to judge you. And, it, and it's the most cleansing thing to do. And I think, uh, Nick, with you and I, I, I think you can agree. We just want to be the examples that you can, especially for yes. men, right? And make it relatable. Like, you know, I, I post, I try to post a couple videos a week about it. And, um, you know, they just come to me because it's something I'm reflecting on or it's something I'm thinking about or something I'm trying to get better at or it's something I'm trying to remember. And I think just by saying that and getting the amount of messages or the amount of comments where it's like, I needed this today, I relate to it, it makes it relatable. And when you don't feel like you're alone, you're much more comfortable talking about it. And that's hopefully what, you know, we're able to do with our shows and our platforms mm -hmm. and, yeah. and um, you know, one person's life is impacted. It's worth it. Yeah. Because I think when you see someone else do it, it kind of inspires you. To be like, okay, well, if he can, if she can, I can do it too. So I'm going to try it step by step, exactly. right? So that's, that's the example we want to be. All right, let's get right into it. We got to talk love is blind right now. <laughs> Man, what an experience for you. You know, I think the concept of the show was actually really good. I, I enjoy, I actually uh, got to see your season for a bit, uh, season two. And to build an uh, emotional connection through a wall uh, something no one's used to, but I love the concept because that's like the number one thing for me that comes first. I can't have a relationship unless I have that, right? It's not all about physical for me. It's really about the emotional connection. I love for you to touch on, you know, the show, your experience with it, maybe describe the show a little bit. If, if people haven't seen it, I think most of my listeners probably have, uh, what was it like, man? Tell me about it. Yeah. So you know, thinking back to what I said earlier on how I was ready, um, you know, I was ready. I had put in the work. I was ready to get married. Dating sucks. And I had not watched the show before. I had heard of it just because everyone was talking about it during COVID. And I didn't really get the concept. And the show reached out to me over LinkedIn to see if I was interested in, in starting the casting process. So I, I didn't apply. I didn't seek it out or anything. So I watched the show. And I was like, you know, this actually takes my main critiques of dating and removes them from the equation. So I'm going through this season, I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll try this out. I'll go through this process and see if, if it happens. Um, so when you get there and you're, and this, they go through extreme lengths to make sure you have no freaking idea what anyone looks like on the other side. Yeah. So bathroom breaks coordinated with is someone on the other side going. And by the way, the bathrooms weren't even near each other, but it was just no chance, no chance yeah. you, you see anyone. Um, so, so were they, they were like escort escorting people like, okay, yeah. she goes first, he goes there. <laughs> like yeah. was it this behind curtain That's, type of thing. It was, it would totally was. And awesome. I drink a ton of water. Oh, and God. I go to the bathroom a lot because of that. So I was just like, it's time again, time they, again. <laughs> they assigned someone to you. Someone get, get, get Nick an escort right now. He's going to be going to the bathroom every fucking 10 minutes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's exactly how it was. That's exactly how it was. So the, the thing that I liked about it was, I, again, I felt confident in myself. If I wasn't confident in myself, 
stupid young Nick in his twenties probably would have done it for all the wrong reasons. But you know, Nick in his thirties was aware that like, if you don't go into this being yourself, you could really screw yourself, other people. And, um, that would be really bad. And, you know, one of my, my things is like, I, you know, I try to do no harm and hurt or hurt other people, um, which is a learned trait, by the way, that sometimes is still hard, but I knew that if I had to just talk to someone, I would build a connection or not build a connection if there wasn't one to be built. So I kind of knew that going in. And then as I was going through the first day, you do, um, speed dating basically for seven minutes, all the men, all the women, um, I had some minor connections, very superficial. Um, I remember when I, when I did finally get to, to Danielle, I remember it was just totally different. The vibe in the room was different. Her voice was like connected with me. Um, it was just different. And I, at that point, I remember I was thinking, I'm like, man, this is, I can't believe I thought this was a good idea. I'm like, I'm going to be ready to go home at the end of day one. And, um, then that was, you know, that was that. And, you know, the rest is, is history, but that connection was so fast because, you know, and, and despite, you know, everything that, that happened, like that connection is there, it's always going to be there. Um, but what I was mostly seeing in the other realm, um, with other people was was that people were more concerned about getting, like locked in with someone and less concerned about like being themselves and, and, you know, if there isn't a connection being okay with that. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that is, that is the big thing about the show. And and there's some people that have reached out to me asking me about the show because they were cast or they were going through the casting process. And every time I talk to them, I always tell them, I'm like, you have to be strong mentally. You also have to be willing to be yourself and not do anything that you wouldn't do in real life or that you would regret later. Then on top of that, which is how you should live your life all the time, you have to think on the other side, is this person here for the right reasons too? And if you want to go in and you want to chase clout, by all means, do your thing. Yeah. But know that there's someone potentially on the other side that's there for the right reasons and you could severely hurt them. Um, You could cause trauma. And all in the name of getting a blue check on Instagram, which you're going to be able to buy soon enough anyway. So who cares? Um, you know, so I, I think it's just very, it's just very easy to get caught up in that and lose track of what's important to build a meaningful connection. But the process itself, like it works. It wor- I know it works. Like I did it. I lived it. It works. You really connect with someone. You talk about things that matter. It's you know, it works whether you're between a wall or in real life. Yeah. It's so interesting. I think you made a good point. It's like, you can kind of separate the people who are there for, uh, they want to grow a following. They want to, what you want to be an actor. Are you here to just, you know, right. get recognized? Or are you here to actually build a connection? And that's a good thing to, to be uh, very aware of. Um, I thought it was it was all really interesting. When you first walked up to her after getting to know her behind a wall, what was the experience mm-hmm. like just walking up to her? Like, cause I feel like some people, when they walk up to them, they're like, Oh wow. Like, I don't give a shit. Like we have a connection. Come here. Give me a kiss. Like I'm into you. Yeah. Some people might be like, is that, you know, the physical thing too. Like I, I wonder, you know, how you felt when you walked up, I feel like you were connected though. Yeah, there was, um, 
sometimes it's still hard to talk about. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. No, no, no. Okay. It's totally fine. Um, I remember we were so sure so quickly that yeah. we spent most of that time in the pods building our connection to the point where like, I barely even thought about it. And when I would think about it, it would be like, right as it's going to happen. Like when I started thinking about it, it was like, right as it's going to happen, I'm like, what am I going to do if like, there's no physical connection because you can, you know, it plays a little bit of a part yeah. no matter what. Cause you have to have, that's part of a connection, right? Yeah. That's why I asked. But I remember just like standing there and then it was like, okay, we're not ready. And then it's like, okay. So it was like, you're standing in this room for, I don't even remember how long it was, but it's just going on and on and on. And like, then you go and you can like see the shadow and then it's like, okay, we got to stop again. So you just like sitting there and you're in your own head. Um, but the weirdest part for me was since we were so sure, and then we saw each other and then the reveal and it was, it went by so fast and it was so calming in a sense too. It was a great feeling, but then when you separate again, that's when I got in my head. That's when I was like, well, what if she didn't think I was, what if she wasn't attracted to me? Yeah. What if this connection that I was fe like feeling isn't real? What if it's just this situation? What if you, so you just go through all of these things in your head. Yeah. And I would say that was worse than wondering what she would look like. Yeah. Cause it's the most but relieving after seeing each other. Yeah. Do you yeah. Still like each other. <laughs> it's really, yeah. It's relieving when you get to see them. But like when you go back to the room or wherever for a long time, you're like, you know, replaying things. Did I do that right? Mm. Are we still connected? What does she think of me? Is she over it? And you is weren't allowed in? to talk to him. I'm, yeah. You weren't allowed really? to talk to him for a couple of days until you see each other again in Mexico. Damn. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but whatever. <laughs> it's all worse. Good. But it's yeah. All, so you're just yeah. sitting there in your own head. Damn. You don't have a phone. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I remember I went from, oh my God, she's beautiful. I love her. Our connection is great to, you know, two days later, I'm sitting in, you know, in my room and I'm talking actually to like Kyle and Sal, who were my neighbors. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I don't think she thought I was attractive. And I'm like, how did I get myself there? Like, it, it's just so weird because you can really play tricks on your mind in that scenario or in that, that situation. Yeah. Experiment. Yeah, definitely. You know what, man? I think that over time, when you build an emotional connection with someone, the physical appearance, that connection gets stronger. I've yes. learned that through my yes. experience of relationships and dating is that no matter what that emotional connection, if it's really strong, it's going to hold everything together. Dude, but it, honestly, I think it's totally a different, it's a, it's a different aspect when you're actually in person you said Mexico, right? Yeah. When you're actually together in person, no more wall. Isn't it a different experience for everyone that's there? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I absolutely, and I, it's, you're not even just having a moment together. Like I remember there was a moment at the reveal when we're sitting on the couch and I looked over and there's like 30 camera people and photographers. And I'm like, this is, I just saw my, my fiance for the first time Apple watching. And this is, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> like it was so, yeah, it, it is. There's so many people watching and you're trying to like, you know, build your connection, grow your connection. Then you go to Mexico and, um, you know, we, you know, we got an extra day cause of COVID, um, in Mexico without cameras and stuff. And that was like really important too, because then you can, you know, build that, build that connection even more. Right. 
I thought it's a, it's a cool concept, man. I thought it was probably a great experience for you. I mean, you got out of your comfort zone. You tried something new. Many, many people probably wouldn't do that, right? Uh, absolutely. And that's, I think it is important to get out of your comfort zone and, and try something new. Um, and again, it's like, I look back and, you know, people always ask, would you do it again? Would you, I, it's hard to answer cause everything's raw. Everything's fresh still. Um, mm-hmm. but what I will say is it's definitely strengthened my trust in myself that I can under any circumstances stay authentic and stay myself. The pressure to change. I mean, it was there. Yeah. So many different ways. Of course. But I like pressure tested. I feel so pressure tested that, you know, I can, I feel like I can handle anything. Yeah, man. I noticed crazy. I noticed that about you too. I want to, I want to compliment you by saying you were always yourself. It seemed like real and authentic. Thank you. And also one more thing. You're a very patient man. I want to say that too. Thank you. Um, <laughs> one thing I want to, I, I try my best. Not yeah. always. That's a learned <laughs> right. skill too. That, yeah. you know, this is one of the crazy things in my mental health journey uh-huh. and my generational stuff is like the tempers and the Thompsons are just like that. And you know, when I started pulling away, like I said, and I started spending more time with real self care of like going on walks, you know, listening to podcasts instead of watching TV, like learning, you know, like things like this to keep myself stimulated. What I realized is I grew this sense of calm and patience that like when I was on edge all the time, you know, I I never had, I couldn't rationalize stuff. I would just respond and I'm quick witted and I can be very mean. So it would usually be something sarcastic, snarky, and just escalate any situation. And I learned to just be calm. I learned to be right. calm and be patient and try to understand people. And, you know, it's part of, part of, uh, you know, personal growth, I think for me is learning to be patient and there's times I lost that. And that's one of the things that I I'm working very hard to, to get back for myself is calm, patient, take care of myself, put myself first. Um, you know, so you can, you can go back to unhealed versions of yourself if yes. you don't continue to take care of yourself. Yep. That's one of the bigger things I've, I've learned too, Nick, is that it's taken that time to just stop and think, is this the right move? Should I really react that way? Should I really say that hurtful thing? Should I, in that action, should I really do that? You know, my dad's always told me if it feels good, don't do it. He's always Mm. told me that. And that's a good, I think it's a good one. That's a good one. Hey, so question, what's your perception of dating now coming out of love is blind? What's your perception of just everything. Is it any different? You know, I am not dating. Um, right now I'm focused on myself. I'm focused on, um, you know, my business adventures and maybe getting, you know, another job at some point, mm-hmm. um, going back to school, all sorts of stuff. I think about dating now and I don't even know where to start. I'm not going to be on dating apps. I don't yep. think, um, ever again. I think it's, it's a, it's a numbers game there. And right. then I, you know, I have these thoughts in my head, um, you know, am, is someone with me because they, they see me as who I am and they like the authenticity or the vulnerability or the self-awareness, or are they with me because they could maybe get some clout and I don't want to think like that. And I'm pretty sure I would be able to, to, you know, suss that out, but 
it, it makes me wonder, like when I do get back out there, how, how different is it going to be? And that's kind of scary. Yeah, I understand Plus that the divorce and there's, there's yeah. stigma around divorce and I have guilt about it myself and I'm, you know, healing from it and all of that stuff too. So it's like another layer, but it is a very strange, um, very strange, like feels that I have about it right now where I'm not really sure. Yeah. I, don't be hard on yourself. It's okay. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. I think one thing I want to point out too, is that I think you only want to be liked and loved for you internally. Right. That's right. So just being self-aware of that with that connection with someone uh, is important. Um, the last thing I want to bring up today is what, can I ask you, what is your take on dating these days? Are you, are you still single, yeah. ready to mingle or what are you? I am right there with you, man. The best relationship I have right now is with myself. Mm. Uh, I've been taking care of myself. I, I'm not in the position to want to go out and search for it, look for it. Um, and yeah. I'm not, I'm not ever going to really force it anyway. I want to attract it. I want it to be able to land on my lap, but I think right now it's just my relationship with myself and I'm very content with that and happy. Yeah. And I am, I am too. And I've been lucky enough to meet so many new people and build so many new connections. And I have attracted new friends that are here because they know that I was myself on the show and that they thought I was, you know, um, worthy of, of being friends with and stuff like that. So I think those connections too are so important to make so that you're attracting the right kind of people, um, for friends, um, you know, your family members that are the right kind of people to spend more time with. And then of course, ultimately a significant other. Um, yeah. but what do you, do you mind me asking you, when was your breakup? <laughs> Um, you can say no, 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 no. (laughs) I'm an open book. Um, the break started around Thanksgiving and the breakup happened mid December. So So it's like fresh, fresh I'm, I'm, I'm I'm very fresh right now. Yes. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, don't apologize. It's okay. It's life. You know, I've, what I can tell you is this is what I can say. I've done everything right for myself and I've done everything right for that relationship coming out of the break and breakup. I've done, I, I don't regret anything. I've done it all. Um, but really all I can say is that I wish them the best. I still have love for that person and I just want to see her happy. You know, she can, if she ends up finding someone else, great. I, I, I leave with compassion and love. And, um, yeah, you just want to, you want to leave on a good note, even if there might be some anger or, um, you know, people with breakups, it, it sometimes is tough when you come out of it, but I just, I, I like to leave on a positive note and, uh, yeah, it's been great. Just the healing yeah. journey for myself has been a very positive thing. Yeah. I I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, I think I can't remember if it was on TikTok, but I, I did put a little, thing about that, that I think is important that you said, like, if they hurt you, even if you hurt them, cause it's a two way street, don't spend time wishing them any hurt, wish them healing, yeah. wish them well, mm-hmm. and that will come back to you. And that's yeah. so yeah. hard Oh yeah, when you're hurting, but when you're not hurting anymore and you've healed, you'll look back on it. And you'll be like, oh, wow, I led with my values. I had integrity or whatever that was. And that's the other thing. Like I look at the last, you know, year and a half, two years 
since the show. And I don't, there's things I regret, right? There's things that I like, I wish I, you know, said something different here or, you know, listened better here. Of course there's those little things, but like, I've never had to like delete a post or a comment or, well, I've deleted comments from trolls, but like, I've never had to like step back on anything that I've said because it's, it's just me. I'm just putting myself out there. And that's the thing is like, you can still apologize and fuck up. Oh, sorry. You can still, you're allowed to, you're allowed to say fuck. Okay. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. And people started asking me on mine. So I'm like, Oh yeah, I better start asking. Mm -hmm. But, um, so yeah, if you just put yourself out there, you can, you won't have to worry about acting out of character and then you don't have that regret. I think it's like you, you go back to the whole thing of like, um, being positive and all that coming out of a breakup maybe i think it's like you have to remember that with people's emotions and feelings you have to separate that with yourself mm-hmm. and uh yeah point. yeah man i think it's it's awesome thank you for the questions today i mean i didn't expect it i love it i love it it's awesome well, no i mean it's a two-way street <laughs> yeah dude this is great well you are a podcaster after all so um the last thing i want to bring up today uh you actually did bring it up it's integrity um every tuesday now i've been meeting up with some new friends of mine we sit in a circle and we talk about different topics we all are on a journey of wanting to be healthy and this past tuesday we talked about integrity i wanted to know what your thoughts are on integrity and also how do you imply it with uh, your own life and i'll touch on what i think too cool that's a really good question so i actually have three core values that i i have um and one of those is integrity and the reason that i have these you know core values and have integrity is because i don't want to reflect back on something anymore because i've done that a lot as being younger and be like i didn't act with integrity i didn't do the right thing and i may sometimes not do the right thing or say the right thing that's still going to happen but my intentions and integrity are still intact because my intentions were good. So I think like when you act with integrity, you don't have the same regret. You don't have to worry about, you know, deliberately hurting people. You don't have to, um, think, man, did I, did I make the right decision? Because when you act with integrity, you make the right decision with the information that you have to the best of your ability. And that to me is, is if more people acted with integrity, I think we would have a much better society. I think we would have, um, much better relationships with each other. And yeah. I think we'd even have a better relationship with ourselves. 100%. You said it perfectly. You covered it all right there. Um, I love <laughs> you know, it. Hey, the, <laughs> no one's perfect though. And we got to remember that we make mistakes and, uh, all you can do is be better. My, my answer to that with integrity was the more you do that you say you'll do, the more you'll be trusted. So it's important to pull through with family, friends, and a relationship you're in with what you say you do. And, uh, I want to live by that every day. And I am, and, um, you know, it's important to be self-aware of all that. That is said so much better than my. Word. <laughs> it's no, okay. That's so. No, so you true. said it Very right well too. Said. Thank you, Ben. Very well said. And what uh, what other comments did you get in your group? Now I'm curious. Yeah, I think we were kind of all aligned on the same thing I just said. It's like, yeah. but you can't be hard on yourself if you can't. Like, there's a difference. If you're, if someone wants you to be somewhere to help them, 
you know, sometimes you can't do that. You, you have your own stuff you have going on. So you can't be too much of a people pleaser and too selfless. Like you want to be there, but you have to look out for yourself too. That was the discussion as well. But um, as far as like committing to something and, and, and saying, yes, I will do that. Yes, I'll respect what you want, whatever it is in the relationship you have, it's following through with that. I love that. That's totally true. And I like the way you say it too. It's like you follow through on your word. Like just you follow through on your word. Right. If you're going to do something, you you do it. If you say you're going to do something, yeah. do it or do it to the best of your ability or give it right. your, your best shot. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I love that. I can't, I, I wish I could get my friends to sit around and talk about stuff like that. <laughs> well, you know, maybe, maybe just uh, bring it up, bring it up to one or two and say, hey, let's come over and let's have dinner. Let's, let's talk about certain things. Why not? Just pr propose it, propose it, man. <laughs> I had a, I had a guest on my podcast a couple of weeks ago and she was telling me how she will like randomly text her daughters and say something like, what's, you know, what's the best thing that happened to you today? And I was like, you know, I love that. I sent it to my group chat crickets. And then they just started talking about sports. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, so, uh, you know, so it's, it's for some people, it's for some people. Yeah, and, exactly. uh, the good thing is you're, you are aware that you want to be healthier each and every day. Not, not, it's not a knock on your friends, but it's just, it's just you wanting to be connected and to be better each and every day. Right. Totally. And they do too. They just do. Yeah. Their own yeah, yeah. 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 They're into other things they're passionate about. Um, listen, so I want to move into your guided journal that you've, uh, you brought oh, up yes. to me, please promote it. I want to know uh, what's going on with that. Tell me more about it. So, yeah, I had this idea, um, that I was going to start journaling when I was going through a very public divorce that was very hard to, um, to do. And then I got laid off from my job and I was at, this was November. This was actually on, I mean, I remember Thanksgiving. I didn't do anything. I stayed home by myself on Thanksgiving. I was so down in the dumps and I told myself, Nick, you have the rest of this weekend and then you're getting your shit together. And so I started journaling, um, three things every day that I was grateful for setting intentions because I had decided I was going to explore, um, schooling options after getting laid off. And I was going to give myself to the end of the year before I started like really making moves, um, to just give myself some grace, let myself heal, get in touch with myself. So I started the gratitude journaling, started setting intentions and I was writing these things down. And I noticed like my to-do lists were just getting crossed off, um, quicker, more efficiently. Um, I, <laughs> like I explored a bunch of, of master's degree programs. And I just like, I just started like getting in the groove all because I was talking about what am I grateful for? What, you know, what's the best thing that happened to me today? What's my intention for today? And I just started journaling this every day, reflecting on the day before and then setting the intention for the day. And what am I grateful yeah. for? No. And so I started writing a little bit about it on social media and a friend, Sarah, well, so, 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 social media friend from, you know, a follower in the community was like, you should write all these things down and publish a journal. And so that's what I decided to do. So I went through this, um, you know, I, I slipped up a little the last two weeks, but I'm getting back into it this week. Um, every day I'm, I'm journaling. So I did this to help reconnect with myself. It's called rebuilding you. 
um, eight weeks to reconnect with yourself. I hate to say it again. And, um, it starts off with actually identifying your core values. And I talk about mine, um, in there, which is very, you know, personal in a sense. Like I don't, I don't, you know, get into too much, but I say like why it's important to me. So it's like, why is integrity important to me? Is integrity important to you? Why is authenticity important to me? Is it important to you to really get you thinking about what is the most important three values that you have? And then you start off by identifying those through the exercise. And then I just duplicated for, you know, 60 days, the way that I was, uh, taking care of myself through journaling. And I just documented it in there, um, throw some self-care tips in there that I've learned or that I practiced that kind of help me midweek when you get that, you know, that little sluggish feel. And, um, you know, I just wanted to put all this together because I noticed that a lot of people don't have the tools. They don't know where to start. Um, they don't, maybe they know they should be journaling, but they need the prompts. And so that's what I wanted to, to put together here because this has really helped me. And it doesn't mean that, you know, eight weeks and you're, you're good to go, but hopefully it helps you build some habits that are sustainable so that you can take care of yourself, be grateful and, you know, achieve your goals. It's cool that it's, it's relatable for those people that buy it, but also, um, you know, you kind of give them that, that, that push, that head start when you're putting your things in there that are relatable where they can fill it in. And, you know, like I said, get the head start. So, uh, I think journaling is one of the best forms of therapy. Um, I've been doing it. It's great to put everything on paper of how you're feeling. It's therapeutic, man. So awesome that you yeah. did that. Uh, another thing I want you to do is Encourage shout out everyone to journal. Yeah. Journal. Yeah. yeah. You know, buy, buy this. If you want journal yourself, uh, if you need the prompts, you can get them anywhere and it will help you connect with yourself. So can they find it on Amazon? Where can they get that? Yeah. So you can find this on Amazon. It's called again, rebuilding you and, uh, you can find it, um, you know, on my Instagram page through a link as well. Awesome. Well, shout out your Instagram, but also shout out where people can find your podcast as well and other things that you're promoting. Sure. Absolutely. So you can find my podcast conversations with Nick Thompson on any podcast platform, the video versions available on YouTube. You can just search the title. Um, we talk about mental health, uh, removing stigmas around, uh, things like self-care, mental health, uh, news and politics, which people get all up in arms about, but Hey, guess what? I'm not changing. This is who I am. <laughs> and, um, you, you can give it a listen. Let me know what you think. Um, I'm always trying to improve the show and, and have guests on that people are, are interested in hearing from. And then, um, you can find me on Instagram at N Thompson, five, one, three. Uh, you can also search Nick Thompson. I think I'm, I might be the first one that shows up or second one that shows up. Um, you can find me on TikTok if you look. There's, I'm getting into it a little bit more. I'm trying to post more self care stuff in there too. And then uh, you can find me at my website at engagewithnick.com, um, which is where I post some blogs and um, I, I run a small coaching business that I recently started. So if that's of interest to you as well, you can find more information on engagewithnick.com. That's awesome. I love all that. And also, if you haven't seen season two of uh, Love is Blind on Netflix, make sure to tune in and uh, see Nick on there. Um, Coming down to the end right here, I just want to say this. Uh, You've gained a big following after Love is Blind. And you could be doing anything with that following, anything else than what you're doing. But what you're doing is you're focusing on mental health, helping people and self-care and other things. And I think that's so inspiring to me, man. You know? 
you, you're just trying to help yeah. people with the people that follow you. And I think that's so cool. That's so awesome. So, hey, today I felt like we connected well and uh, it was cool to be relatable with you where we just opened up and talked about certain things. And like I said, I think it inspires people to do the same uh, when they share their feelings and emotions with their family, their friends and others, maybe in their relationships. That's all we want to do is just help. So uh, thanks, man. Uh, and keep going, dude. You're doing a great job. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. You know, it's funny because every time there's a day where I'm like, what am I doing? Or I don't think I can do this today. I always have someone send me a message saying I help them and I get so much p- inner peace from helping people. So yeah. I, I appreciate you saying that and recognizing that. Of course. And, uh, Hey, when you're ready to come out to Cali, you know who to, to oh, yeah. you know who to connect with. Ready to come out. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I got plenty of sunshine out here for you. So, yeah, all right, man. Well, let's stay connected cool. and uh, really enjoy the conversation. It means a lot. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you having me on. I'm not afraid to tell you that you're the one, the one I wake up thinking about, the one I can run to when I'm Nobody from the past is beating you right now Cause I take you home to mama Let you meet my friends Cause you don't come with drama So I want you till the world ends You're way more than worth it But I don't feel like I deserve it You got the pieces You're my kind of perfect I don't work hard when it's easy Putting work when it's hard And girl, I never believed in Love until I had yours This is more than a season And I'm not just wrong I'm not afraid to tell you That you're the one I'm the one you wake up thinking about The one I can run to now Got nobody from the past is beating you right now Cause I'll take you home to mama I'll let you meet my friends Cause you don't come with drama So what you tell the world is You're way more than worth it And I don't feel like I deserve it You got the pieces You're my kind of perfect You're my kind of perfect Take it home.